Welcome to the Royal Caribbean Blog Podcast, a weekly look into the world of Royal Caribbean Cruising. I'm your host, Matt Hotchberg, and this is episode number 373. When you book a cruise, I don't think any of us really think we're going to make new lifelong friends that will change our life on that particular sailing, but that is exactly what happened to Josh when he booked a fun five-night repositioning cruise on Adventure of the Seas that reminds all of us how much fun and how great it is to go on a cruise with friends, whether you've met them or not. Here we go. This week's cruise story takes us on Adventure of the Seas, and not just any Adventure of the Seas cruise, an adventure on Adventure of the Seas, a repositioning cruise, which actually, this will be two things I've never done, gone on Adventure of the Seas or done a repositioning cruise. And to join me on today's episode is a very good friend of mine, Mr. Josh Carruthers. Welcome to the podcast, Josh. Hi, Matt. Thank you for having me. You know, we may not see eye to eye on certain sporting events, but... We can both agree that, uh, you know, obviously going on a roller coaster cruise is great. And I've had the chance to cruise with Josh uh, a couple times. And uh, today we're talking about an Adventure of the Seas repositioning cruise. This was a, you know, when you brought up this, this idea, um, I, I distinctly remember or recall this cruise because you were not alone on this cruise in terms of uh, other friends joining you. No, no, no. Many people listening to this podcast were on that cruise. <laughs> so how did how did this all come about, Josh? How did you all decide on Adventure of the Seas for a repo cruise? Well, at the time, I didn't know anybody. I didn't know about Royal Caribbean Blog. I didn't know <gasps> about Periscope. I didn't know I didn't know any of these people. Heck, to that point, I was just a cruise critic guy. I know. It's <gasps> shocked. <laughs> but I had I know, right? I, I, I had taken my first transatlantic uh, a couple months before in uh, November of 2017 um, on Jewel of the Seas. I had a great time, but up to that cruise, I had always traveled solo. I didn't cruise with people. I usually just met people there and made friends with them from that point. And nothing was really different that ended up, it really wasn't different with this cruise, um, but the friends I've made on this cruise and the friends I've met because of this cruise, you included, uh, y'all have become like family to me. So this cruise is, was a game changer for me uh, to a degree life changing. Hmm. You know, that's, that's interesting. Cause um, you know uh, the, one of the, one of the first episodes we did of those cruise stories, we had a uh, cruising cat on and you know, she, we were talking in talking with her on her cruise story yeah, I, I, we kind of came to the conclusion like, yeah, you know, her life changed because of the people that she now knows because of cruising. And it sounds like that, that kind of, you know, has, has been the case for you as well, which is it's, it's kind of, anytime you say my life changed, that's, that's a bold statement, right? Uh, people say that about new flavors of hummus. People might say that about, <laughs> about discovering, you know, uh, a certain uh, feature that their ketchup bottle, they never knew they had, right? Silly things like that. But like, we're talking actually, literally, your life has changed for the better as a result of this cruise. Yes, without question. And solely because of the people I've met. So, some have become good friends and some have become like family. So let me ask you this. Since you, you mentioned you weren't really part of, you know, the, the greater community necessarily at this time, did you just happened to randomly book this cruise because it sounded interesting to you? How did you kind of end up on this particular sailing? Well, as I mentioned, I had just gotten off a transatlantic a couple of months uh, in November of 18 mm -hmm. and or 
18, November of 17. And that January, that bug was sitting. You know what I'm talking about. You're like, okay, mm-hmm. I need to book another cruise. I don't have anything booked. Let, let's figure something out. And the reposition cruise had ended in San Juan. And it was still recovering from Irma and Maria at the time. So I, I felt an affinity. I'm like, I wanted to go back to San Juan. I wanted to put money into that economy because they truly needed it at that point. They still do. But at that time, they really needed it. So I definitely wanted to go back and do my next cruise out of San Juan. So I started looking, going through the website and trying to find something that fit budget time frame and going out of San Juan. And lo and behold, I found this cruise, a five-night repositioning cruise, left San Juan on a Saturday, which is Cinco de Mayo, and there's not many better days to leave on a cruise. <laughs> <laughs> and that- it goes to St. Martin, which I had never been to before, okay. and then went up to Bayonne. So it'd be a short, quick flight home. I live in Ohio, so it's a little one-hour hop home. So that fit all the... All, all of my criteria, to say nothing of the price, which was like $465 for an ocean view, which solo, that's pretty good price. Yeah, you know, reposition cruises are one of the best values per night that you'll find out there. And usually when you talk reposition cruises, we're talking about like a transatlantic or a transpacific or cruises that are generally like, you know, well over a week, uh, probably in the 10 to 14 night time frame, which is great if you got the time to use it, right? But five nights and a pretty cool itinerary as well. I mean, you're in the Caribbean going up the East Coast. You get to stop at St. Martin. It's over Cinco de Mayo. I mean, it really was, and the price on top of that, my goodness, what a great, you know, uh, opportunity to be able to take advantage of. And I probably still regret to this day, I did not, uh, you know, join you guys for that cruise. I definitely saw a lot of people chirping about it. And, um, you know, it's, like so many things you regret about, you know, not opportunity lost. Uh, that's certainly sounded like an awesome cruise to go on. So it sounded like great opportunity. So you booked the cruise. Uh, what type of room did you book for, for this particular sailing? It was an ocean view. Uh, it was on deck three, little porthole. Uh, it wasn't really a little porthole. It was a pretty decent sized porthole as they are on ships nowadays. Um, but it, it, to me, that was kind of the budget aspect. Uh, you know, I, I know a couple of our cruising friends like to joke we're on a budget, um, but <laughs> but I, I am on a budget. You know, I I, I work hourly. You know, I, I work a lot of overtime to save, to go on cruises, to enjoy, to to really just relax. Because I work hard, I want to play hard, and the playing hard part is relaxing on cruises. So I wanted something that wasn't going to blow my budget. And that suited my needs. I, I'm not the type of guy that needs a balcony or a suite every time. Absolutely. And, and listen, the repositioning crews, you know, it's a lot of sea days, it's opportunity spent out there. So I, I think that's that's a great choice to be able to 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 book that. So you got the cruise booked and uh, you flew to uh, San Juan. Um, any anything interesting mm-hmm. about the flight down to San Juan? Is it your pretty any any sage advice? about uh, getting to San Juan? Because that's always an interesting port to get to uh, in, in the grand scheme of things because obviously, well, it requires flight for almost everybody. And uh, flying to San Juan is not necessarily as easy as saying fly to a, a place in Florida or really anywhere in the country simply because of you know getting a direct flight to San Juan. No, that's absolutely right. It, it, the only thing that I would advise, and this is advice you've given, it's advice I have started following, uh, not only since starting to follow the blog, but after this cruise, uh, fly in the day before. Do not 
do not under any circumstances fly into San Juan on the same day if you don't <laughs> if you cannot possibly avoid it. Um, and at this point, again, I was I didn't know all these cruising tips, so I had seen people say, "Yeah, we fly in a couple of days ahead," you know. But I'm like, you know, I've got only X amount of vacation time. I need to, you know, I need to maximize this. I can't take a Friday off just because, you know. Right. So I flew down on that Saturday. Um, and it wasn't a huge deal getting out, uh, flying down there, going through the airport. I had booked a transfer, uh, through Royal Caribbean. It was like 19 bucks. It wasn't tremendously expensive. I think taxi prices are fairly comparable anyways. Um, and they take care of your luggage. So I didn't have to worry about that. Like get on the bus. My, I see my luggage in my stateroom. So, um, and that was the best part of, I don't want to say the best part, but that was really one of the easiest parts of this entire cruise. Uh, just flying down, no issues, no problems. I connect pretty much everywhere I have to go, um, unless it's Miami. Um, so it wasn't too bad to flight down, but I would definitely say do not fly in the same day if you can possibly avoid it. Absolutely. Um, and then from that point, I just, we headed to the ship. Um, and that's where things kind of got real, if you will. Um, typically, my boarding day routine is I board, I go to, a, go to the pub, grab a beer or a cider, and I just, and then I go down to either Chops or Giovanni's or wherever and book my reservations. Um, and at that point, they still had that BOGO that they sold um, for dining packages. Okay. And I think they got rid of that like last year or something, um, but they still had it at this point. So I went down to book my uh, chops because that's my first night routine. I go to chops on night one. <laughs> it's, it's, that's how I roll. And in while I'm in line, I heard people talking about the group, the Facebook group, because we had a 300-person Facebook group for this. It was highly, highly organized, lots of events. Um, and in learning who was organizing this, I wasn't surprised by the admin who was our friend Ken Jarvis, um, but also Ron and Michael Poole, Ron Hiller and Michael Poole were also admins on this page. So, and and I kid because I care, and you know, (laughs) they're great at what they do, but at the time it was very well organized. So uh, I was really like anticipating like, these are really organized people, they know what they're doing, (laughs) they're on top of things. You learn by meeting people and all that. No, I, I kid, I kid. Ron, Michael, I love you guys. You guys are awesome. Um, but I'm standing in line and I'm hearing at Chops, I'm hearing a conversation about the Facebook group. So I turn around and all of a sudden I'm introduced to Kathy Clements, who's another friend of ours. And she invited me to have dinner at Chops with her and Ken and a bunch of other people. I think Laura O'Donnell was in this group. I think Ron was in this group or Michael was in this group actually. And, and there was a few other people I struggle to remember because it was two, two and a half years ago, but like I had never met any of these people, you know, you know them, I know them now. And and I look back on that. I'm like, wow, I'm surprised I survived that night. Like, (laughs) wow. (laughs) But at the time it was like, Oh cool. All these new people, they're cruisers. They're just like me. No, they're not. Um, <laughs> um, and, and it went from there. You know, had dinner with them. It was a great dinner. We met 
you know, we got to talking about each other and finding out a little bit about each other, except that I quickly realized they all knew each other and I was the new guy here. <laughs> um, so it, it felt a little awkward after a minute, but they made me feel really comfortable with, Good. with I, just I, having dinner and being part of it. And I, I think that's what's real. That, that was the hook mm, for me. Absolutely. That started it because yeah, it's, you meet, these people that are so cool with somebody just out of the new one is like, you're part of a group. You're already, you know, you're already a circle, you know, you're already tight with each other. And then there's this new person. You're just pulling them in saying, yeah, hang out with us. Yeah. Here's what's going on. You know? And that was impressive to me because I hadn't seen that before. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely, um, I've, I've definitely taken it for granted the, you know, the community that exists within the cruise fans. And when you are, on a cruise, you know, for someone like yourself coming into that, everything you're describing, it's like, oh yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I've certainly experienced that so many times, and it's almost like, oh, I want to say it's almost a given, but to have that and be able to, that's something that I think is so such a great thing about the cruise community is how welcoming people are, and you know, while you can certainly can find you know snarkiness anywhere, uh, this is true of pretty much anything on the internet, but you know, certainly when you find a good group of people who enjoy cruising, who enjoy a good laugh, and have a fun time on a cruise, and and even on top of all that, you you discovered this group, but they could have been like, oh, hi, how are you? Okay, yeah, well, hopefully we'll see you around. You know, extended that olive branch, brought you over there, despite you being a Red Sox fan. I mean, listen, they definitely uh-huh. brought you in. And, uh, you know, the that that's such a great start to obviously not only your cruise, but also, I, little did you know at the time how much that would set you up in future cruises because obviously knowing what we know now here, looking back on this from 2020, I mean, you've been able to cruise with, with these and other people, um, including myself, you know, a number of times after that. So, boy, talk about a great decision, not just for value, not just for a fun itinerary and ship, but also because you ended up, you know, almost backing into uh, what ended up, you know, like you said earlier, changing your life, becoming, you know, altering the way in which you definitely look at which cruise to book. Yes, absolutely. And it has done that. You know, uh, I, I, every time I talk to a friend about cruising and they're interested in it, I always try to invite them in on any of the quote unquote unofficial group cruises. You know, they're not official group cruises like what you have, but you, this was an unofficial group cruise uh, last year. You know, what, what, you know, we're going through our memories on Facebook right now. Last year, we had uh, the Royal Wedding with Michael and Hillary, and that was an unofficial group cruise because <laughs> pretty much everybody was there on that um, and several others. And I cannot, I cannot recommend enough. If you hear of people going on a cruise, at least five to six or more, and you're looking for a cruise to go on and it meets your criteria, jump in on it because you'll meet these people, you'll interact with these people. You have so much fun with these people and it's, it's times you won't forget. And then you just won't want to cruise without them again. Absolutely. It's, it's a, it's a great point. So yes, you talked about the, the chops meal, which kind of kicked things off there a little bit. What was, um, or some other things that you guys did during the cruise that kind of stand out to you now looking back on it? Uh, there are a couple of things. Uh, the next day, uh, well, actually, let me back up. Before dinner, that Cinco de Mayo, that five five, was also Derby Day, Kentucky Derby Day. Oh. So we're up at we're up at the Sky Bar. We're drinking Cinco de Mayo. We got the Kentucky Derby on the big screen. I mean, we were having fun there. And then you had that chops dinner. Uh, the next day we were in St. Martin, um, and I'm in 
airplane enthusiast. I like the aviation industry. I follow it uh, to a degree. Um, and I had asked around in the group, is anybody interested in going to Maho Beach? Because I had never been. Now, having been there, is it kind of a touristy thing? Yeah. Um, but it's still a cool thing to do once, at least. That is where I met our other good friend, Cooking Yo. Um, and you know how he, and, and he's uh, into photography. He's a big photography buff. And he was going to go take a ton of pictures and videos. And to kind of touch on something that I had mentioned a little earlier, I didn't know what Periscope was going into this cruise. I'd kind of seen people with their phones and talking uh, into them. And I just thought they were FaceTiming or if they were just taking a video. I didn't know they were live. <laughs> I had no clue <laughs> they were live. Um, so I kind of figured that out a little bit more the next day with Ken uh, when we were at Maho Beach. And he's periscoping from Maho Beach, watching the planes come in. Meanwhile, I have my phone. My phone probably wouldn't have worked. Uh, Periscope wouldn't have worked on my phone. I'm sitting there just taking videos. I'm going to share it to my Facebook page once I get home and have enough bandwidth to upload it. Um, and that's kind of where I was starting to figure out about uh, Periscope. In addition, that's also where I was starting to figure out that there's this whole website that's all about World Caribbean. Little did I know. And, you know, people wearing t-shirts and they were talking about it. And I was starting to learn about this whole community. So that was really, really interesting to me because I, I didn't think there were like communities like this. So Maho Beach, to finish that topic, was a great day. Um, we had some beers, we're taking videos, we got sandblasted, all the things you need to do at Maho Beach. Um, the next day, that Monday, was the pub crawl. Now, for those of you listening who were on this cruise, you, you will remember that this pub crawl was fairly epic. Uh, for those of you who weren't, we had about 100 people in white t-shirts roaming around the ship clogging up every elevator possible, just drinking from about noon to about 3.30. That sounds like a standard pub crawl. Um, but this was, there were just so many people. It was a sea of white t-shirts. And I had never been part of a pub crawl like that. So it was like also like going back to what I said about organization of these, uh, of these events, I was really impressed. And up at the Sky Bar where we were finishing, um, that's where I was learning more about Periscope and how close this community was. Um, that is where the, a video was taken of Ron and Michael dancing. You, you, you may be familiar with that video. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> so uh, you know just and then everybody was periscoping everybody was talking about the blog and periscope and i'm trying to absorb all this in meanwhile i'm pretty drunk <laughs> so it was a crazy day um after that uh, the next day day four was fine it was just kind of a standard sea day um the, the day after that, the last full day of the cruise was where Foggate Part 1 came into play. Um, that day dawned, every day up to that point had been sunny, warm, beautiful. Day 5 dawns, cloudy, cold, rainy, windy. So, and at that time, I was a smoker. 
So I'm, I'm up on deck. I'm smoking. It's too cold for me to smoke. So I'm kind of like just, I ended up just going in, inside and just staying inside, taking a long nap. Uh, as you've mentioned, C-Day naps are the best thing ever, and they are. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that night, I was having dinner with Ken and a couple of uh, the bests and a couple other of our friends and, and Giovanni's. And prior to dinner, that's when the fog rolled in. Mm-hmm. Now, I had never been on a ship where it had been foggy. I had been on it one training and had some bad weather, but fog was a new thing. I didn't realize what the fog protocols were when that got that thick. So I dang near jumped out of my seat when I heard the horn go off. <laughs> I was like, yeah. what the? It's like, oh, no, 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 no. That, that's, I'm like, oh, okay. I never experienced that. And I'm like, well, how long does this last? Every two minutes. Until when? Until the fog clears. I'm like, and I looked outside at the fog and I'm like, uh-oh, this could be a long night. <laughs> and lo and behold, that horn blew all night long every two minutes i think it cleared enough when we went under the verrazano and when we docked in bayonne but then it kind of rolled back in Um, but that was the cruise it was um it was really really fun Uh, the other thing i learned on this cruise was how important having a group of people to play quest is you you got to have a group of people you know to play quest you playing randomly is okay it's much funner when you know people and you're all part of one big team yeah no the quest is a is a great experience and when you have a group i mean i'll be honest with you if i'm on a cruise and i don't really know anyone on board i probably don't go to the quest because number one i've seen it but number two it's just, it, I think it's best enjoyed in a group setting, especially if you happen to actually know somebody who is participating, like someone in your group is trying to be one of the team captains there. And, uh, you know, listen, the, the there's definitely a lot of people who love to play the quest, to be a part of it. And whether you enjoy playing it, whether you enjoy watching it, whether you enjoy being the uh, aggregator of the various supplies that's necessary, uh, it is a really fun event. It's definitely worth doing. I think it's on my must-do list for anybody who's going to be going on a cruise at some point. But if you're ever going to like try to time it, like, well, when should I see the quest? I got a couple of cruises coming up. Try to do it on a cruise where you have, we have a, you know, a group of people, family, friends, whatever, because it's, it's, it's one of those experiences that if you ever try to explain to somebody else, they're like, what? You know, like, are you sure you didn't like imagine this stuff? Like, no, no, it really happened. Like it's, it is really cool. So yeah, I um, I I know exactly where you're coming from with that, and especially with that group. My goodness, just you got some some quest all stars in there. Absolutely, and and you know Michael and Claire were our team captains for that quest. It was pretty epic. Um, so you know Claire, of course, won it for us. You can't rely on Michael to win a quest. So, no, <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but other than that, that was the cruise, and you know, kind of going after the cruise. When I get home, you know, I'm get on my phone, I'm looking at Periscope, and I'm looking at all these Periscopes from our cruise. I'm like, wow, all this happened. Wow, and it's all here, and it's saved, and it's it's a e- relatively easy place to get to. Sure. But the other thing I did was I started reading the blog. I started, you know, looking at the articles, looking at the cruise compasses, and started watching your live streams on Periscope and on Facebook, and 
about two years ago, I guess, give or take, I became an insider because I felt like this dude who's working full time, because at the time you were working a real job, you weren't doing this all day. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you're doing two different things. You know, hey, I, this dude, does, dude deserves some support. And I hadn't even met you. Anyway, I, I, I had heard your name. <laughs> that's, how, that's how I knew you from Facebook and Periscope. You know, and I'm like, you know what? I don't have problems giving this guy money every month because he's doing a, a great job. So I didn't mean to turn this into a shill and <laughs> become an insider. <laughs> but, but absolutely, if what you do for this community is amazing. And um, especially with everything going on at now, you know, you're doing these weekly cruise stories, which is really cool. Um, and you, all the content you're putting out on the blog when nobody is cruising, it, it's amazing what you're putting out there. Um, I think it's absolutely worth it to be an insider because the, ins- the community as a whole is great, but the insider community is even tighter and even funner. Well, I, I appreciate the very, very kind words. And uh, yeah, I know you obviously didn't have to say any of those things. Uh, feel free to always say bad things about Ron, but you know, the, the, the compliments are, are very much appreciated and it's very kind of you to say. And uh, you know, it, it goes back to the community we have here. Uh, it is fun and it's, it's a celebration. You know, I, I'm so glad we've done these cruise stories because they are a celebration of, of cruising in a better time. But I think it's also helping so many of us kind of, you know, get through this because for, you know, I'm used to cruising and I'm not trying to sound, you know, um, uh, spoiled by any means because I am, but you know, I, I'm used to going on a cruise fairly often, certainly more than once or twice a year, uh, which is uh, very, very lucky that I was able to do that. So needless to say, a lot of us are going through a bit of an adjustment here with no cruises since March. And, you know, Josh, I, I, I find that being able to revisit these memories, like you coming on the podcast here, like so many others, and talking about your past cruises, watching old live broadcasts from cruise ships, reading live blogs um, from, from past sailings as well, it's a great way to kind of, you know, relive those, the, I call them glory days, a little, uh, little tip of the hat there to Bruce Springsteen, but it's, it's kind of like that. It's kind of like all we can do in, in the song, all, they, all we seem to, I forget, the, I'm butchering the, the lyrics now, but it's like, all we ever do is talk, you know, glory days. And, um, you know, it's, you now granted our glory days are about a year or two ago, but that doesn't matter. It's, it's still, you know, like it, there's something about it being able to, you know, relive those cruise memories that I absolutely love. And I, and I hope that your message today, Josh, is more than just that you had a great time on Adventure of the Season. Repositioning cruise is a fun sailing you do because that's absolutely true. But, you know, try, you know, maybe work on, you know, coming, getting a group together, whether it's people that are, you know, on, on a group that already exists, whether you're just, you know, messaging your, your brother or your, or your uh, high school friends or the coworkers that you happen to, you know, see all the time, be like, Hey, you know, wouldn't it be fun if like the, all, our, all of us kind of went on a cruise together, whether or not you have to bring up Josh's name or not. I mean, I, I like to name job, you know, Josh Carruthers as much as anybody, but uh, you know, if you can use this as, as the impetus to maybe start your own group, to go on a cruise and sail together. I mean, Josh will be the first one to tell you because he just did how much fun that, that as an experience can be and how much it adds to the, to the cruise fun because everything is better with friends and, and that definitely includes cruising. Yes, without question. And as I mentioned at the beginning, I, I can't imagine cruising now just by myself. I, I almost have to book a cruise where multiple people are going 
just to, so we have that camaraderie and, you know, we'll bring new people in. That's cool. But it's like, I want, I, I got to have that core group of some, some kind of friends, whether periscopers or bloggers or just my friends. And, and just so we can have a good time together. Absolutely. Now, before we let you go, Josh, um, we, we mostly, you know, obviously we kind of went off on the angle here of, of friends and, and whatnot, which is obviously good stuff to talk about. Um, do you have any advice for anybody who's doing a repositioning cruise, anything that might differ from a repositioning cruise versus a traditional closed loop cruise? I, I think just, I can't really think of too much that would be different. I mean, I think it depends on the length. If mm-hmm. you're going like on a, a transatlantic, transpacific, or if it's even a Caribbean repositioning, say you're going from Boston down to the Caribbean and then back up to Tampa on Brilliance, for example, your favorite ship, um, you know, just, I don't, I, those long cruises, just make sure you pack enough and you pack enough clothes for the different weather, which also kind of applied here because, you know, I had packed mainly shorts and t-shirts because I'm going to the Caribbean. You know, I didn't <laughs> expect it to get to be 55 degrees, 60 degrees when I got back to Bayonne, although I probably should have in May. But, you know, <laughs> pack a hoodie, pack a jacket. You never know what the weather's going to be like. I think that would be the biggest thing because if you're doing like a closed loop cruise, you're typically going to have the same general weather. You're not going to have major weather changes unless you're going out of new york in the winter that, that would be the only thing and even if you're doing that you know to bring the different clothes but for a repositioning got to make sure you bring enough clothes uh, that are different you know because you're going to have the days for the swimsuits and a days where you're going to need a jacket well said well said good good tip all around well josh i look forward to being able to cruise again with you that'd be great as well because uh, as i said it's always more fun with friends on there and i'll look for really any excuse to get back on a cruise ship at this point, be like, Oh, Josh, you're booking a cruise. Can I come? <laughs> so it'll be even better. And I really appreciate you uh, joining me here on the Royal Green Blog podcast. Thank you. Thank you again for having me, Matt.